0: Saleh, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast today in Riyadh. Uh, we are talking about Raha, your uh, company, which you founded in Kuwait. But before I tell anything wrong, please introduce yourself and introduce Raha to us.
1: Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to be here. So my name is Salah Haltalein. I... Um started raha back in 2020 um but before uh, before i go deep into what raha is and who we are i actually have around 13 years of experience in retail and and grocery retail specifically i've I've launched a brand out of kuwait uh scaled the business from one store to 25 stores almost having over a thousand employees and when we tried to do groceries online back in 2015 we face a lot of difficulties. Um, and so when you understand how to do a brick and mortar and then you try to do it in e-commerce, you, you understand that there's a lot of difficulties and issues that you face and that you're not able to actually solve. And, and that's the main issue that actually pushed me towards understanding that in order for you to be able to tackle the e-commerce, you can't take the same mentality that you have for the brick and mortar and the same resources and tools and capitalize on synergies there and say, you know what, let's go do e-commerce. You actually have to build it from... From scratch, you have to build it from scratch and go for it.
0: And before Rahao, you built it was a brick and water company, yes, like a a grocery supermarket chain, or was it?
1: Yes, we um, we operated a multi-format express supermarket and wholesale format. So it's a membership-based, focused on Kuwait, focused on Kuwait, okay, serving the larger households. Okay, and um, so it's a it, it's a membership based program. So we actually um, we actually give ca- cash back on an annual basis for our, for our. So
0: a bit businesses. like in the US, I think it's known with uh, Costco a bit. Correct. Okay. Sunday. Okay. And like, just to understand the market, I know we had like uh, one or two episodes on the Kuwait market. So I remember like 4 million people, 2 million expats, uh, and they're all living in a rather like dense area of the country. Am I correct here?
1: Yeah, you're not too far off. It's actually around 4, 4.5. 75% of them are
0: actually expats. The rest are Kuwaitis. 75% are expats. Exactly, yes. That I got totally wrong. I always say like 2 million, 2 million, then it's like 1 million, 3 million.
2: Yeah, it's very high. Yeah.
1: So it's, um, I, mean, I mean, we're a small country. As you mentioned, we probably live, most of us live closer to the coastal line. It's easy to serve. Uh, it's easier at least from uh, serving Real, for example, or Saudi Arabia. But uh, we do require a lot of manpower to actually help us support the economy there.
0: Okay, and when you've built the supermarket and tried to do e-commerce in 2015, right? Then you've learned... It doesn't work because people that are doing like um, procurement processes for a brick and mortar business uh, and doing uh, and, and, and uh, doing like the invest- inventory like within brick and mortar supermarkets are not mentally equipped for turning it into an e-commerce business, correct? True. I mean, actually,
1: I, I, I built two online businesses. I launched, um, so the brand's called OnCost.com. That delivers full grocery baskets. But I also built a, a business called Baqal, which delivers convenience items in 30 minutes. And that was also launched back in 2050. So essentially, it was the first brand that went out with a Q-commerce concept. And these were like vehicles that were mobilized in different areas, residential areas, and were able to serve clients in 10, 15 minutes at that time. But serving groceries is, is a very difficult process. It's not only in this region. Um, you see that also in, in Western markets. You see how uh, it, it took Amazon to actually go into grocery. How, took, how Walmart is trying to drive its path towards their e-commerce platform and so on. You see different angles on that. So what we did in Raha is that we decided that in order for us to actually unlock groceries, we actually have to invest not just in the front end. So it's not about just having an, an interesting UX UI front end. You actually need to invest in the back end of things. And that meant investing in automation or robotics. So we built the first automated warehouse. We built it through AutoStore partnership with the Swiss Log. And we built a, a dual temperature warehouse. So we have both ambient and chilled warehouses uh, in Kuwait.
0: How, how many SKUs are in this warehouse?
1: So we currently are operating with 30,000 SKUs. Yes. That's uh, yeah. That's crazy. It's like a big that, hypermarket that's, that's Super big. Yeah, it that's is. a hypermarket uh, Exactly. Assortment. It is. Um, we not only carry just regular. Uh, we we actually have our own ultra ultra fresh products. So we have value add departments within the warehouse. So we have our own butcher. We have our own fishmonger and so on. So we give the opportunity to our customers to be able to personalize or customize their orders. Um, so if you want your fish done. In a fillet, or if you want it fresh, done uh, with an open back, or whatever it is, we are able to do it fresh.
0: I give Lena the opportunity because she has to needs to run off to the to the stage in a couple of minutes, and then I will uh, catch up. Uh,
2: so, talking about the thirty thousand, you know, are they all like you you buy them and you source, like you know, you keep it in your warehouse, or it's kind of like a marketplace where kind of people just keep it in your warehouse, right? The Brands keep it in your warehouse, and then. S- it's a bit like the you know, Amazon type of fulfillment sort of center.
1: Actually, no. So, so we actually own our inventory. Own, own the our, stock. Our, our inventory. Yes, we own the stock. We carry obviously some consignment uh, part of that is done, but uh, mainly what we do is is we take that stock and we try to uh, deliver it to customers in a higher quality. versus so, so, with for example, let me give you the uh, with automation, what it allows us to do is to understand every single product throughout its entire phase. So when we start receiving products like fresh products let's for example say about apples we set a shelf life on that apple saying that a shelf life of an apple is let's say seven days okay Uh, on the app on the front end when the customers look at that apple they see a, a sign that says three days freshness we ensure three days freshness on this product So, what happens is that… So,
0: So three days that you still can keep it at home yes so and stay fresh. Okay.
1: Exactly. So, what happens is that from day one, two, three, and four, we are able to sell that apple. Day five, we're no longer able to fulfill on that three-day freshness. And that's how automation comes in. It actually quarantines this apple completely and its batch and does allow us to sell it. Thereby, you'll be able to offer customers very high quality in terms of products and that's how we differentiate ourselves from others because it, it's very difficult to manage you can manage expiries but it's very hard to manage uh, shelf life and be able to offer customers what they really need and what they really want
2: but you know talking about kuwait is a very small market and uh, as you say you have like a fresh produce you know technically like in a dark store right because you're not really running raha supermarkets where you can let's say, move the stock, you know, faster or give it on sale. So how do you manage, you know, like like maybe what's the percentage of the fresh versus, you know, just like FMCG type of items? And do you see like, you know, because it's very hard to get to the profitability and you actually have like such assortment of fresh and you're making such a promise to the consumer.
1: So the majority of our sales actually come from a fresh department. And as you know, fresh departments actually secure a higher, uh, higher margin for it, right? And we actually don't do much promotions on our fish it's just so when customers actually come in and trust your brand that happens when they see good quality coming into their houses
0: but, but what does it mean like fresh department like your internal butcher or our, bakery or
1: our, our butcher or bakery or fishmonger our f- fruits and vegetables so the way what we do is that every fruit and vegetable that comes in is pre-packed in packaging that we've produced so that packaging is transparent Uh, People can see through packaging and they can see the sizes and the quality of that product. And so when you deliver to the customers, they're able to actually examine and look at the product and they enjoy it. And that's why it's our leading department. But the reason we went into groceries is because we understand it has the lowest online penetration between all the segments of e-commerce. So a question that I asked myself is that, why does electronics today, the electronics segment, have almost has thirty five to forty percent online penetration in and in Kuwait, in GCC, in okay. Mm-hmm. And when you look at groceries pre Corona, it was only two percent online. Mm-hmm. So that I couldn't understand that, and 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 it, it it made sense once you actually look at the problems, you understand that bec- you have a consumer who is willing to buy electronics, which is a higher basket so they're willing to spend hundreds of dollars there but they're not willing to spend on groceries and that meant that their demand is there the supply wasn't efficient enough so coming up with something like raha allows us to actually tap into the market there and be able to uh, get jump on that potential in addition to that is basically we we took that platform that we created end to end we built everything in-house so we have our own engineers We've set up uh, from first mile to last mile. We built the last mile uh, routing system. We connected it to our sales channel. And now what we're coming here in in real is basically Mm -hmm. we're coming to market our better tech platform and trying to enable other retailers. So I'm not here to compete with other retailers. I'm here to enable them and be able to give them a full consultation on robotics and automation, build that automation for them and offer that uh, SaaS platform funding.
2: That's hmm. interesting. So, just a final question before I run. So, you say, like, I, I definitely agree with you that in e commerce and grocery is not about the front end, but it's all around the back end. And uh, the biggest problem I see, not just in Kuwait, by like worked with probably most of the traditional retailers in, in Kuwait, it's not just in Kuwait, but across the region. Biggest problem is like out of stock. Uh, so how do you manage, are you able to offer a substitution to the consumers? You know, as you say, you know, you build a platform and if like, do you have like a strong picker up so that it allows you to scale quite fast, you know, so, cause you can bring up and down people and give them the technology making, maybe you can elaborate a bit more on that.
1: Great. Right. So we built a automated uh, sorting and retrieval system solution, uh, which is a base, basically a cubic based system. Okay, so the robots work on top of the the automation grid, um, and so we don't necessarily need a picking out. Okay, our current perf- we've been operating. But it eight- must be
0: a huge warehouse. I've seen this auto store uh, uh, setups which with uh, a much smaller selection, and and you need and you need a lot of stock per SKU. So you, it's not enough for you to have like three packs of milk. So you need like 10, 50, hun- 100. That must be huge. It's it's actually. It's actually not that big
1: for us. What's nice about uh, automation is that you build what you need today and then you can scale as you grow, right? So we've built it in a way that we're able to serve uh, what our expected demand. And it's all built under, I mean, our automated uh, ambient warehouse is around 350 square meters. Hmm. Yes. So it's not that big. It actually uh, reduces the uh, requirement from real estate footprint. You don't need that many people to operate it. It's very efficient when it comes to, to uh, energy consumption. And it, it just enabled us to do a lot. And just give, to give you some of the numbers that we've achieved, we actually pick around 370 items or picks per hour. So our picker can pick on 370 items around. If obviously you, you, you have experience, with that. the average picker in a, ma- in a where- traditional warehouse could probably at best go up to 80 picks per hour. For, so basically that automation allowed the, our pickers to go up to 370. We have to answer your question about availability yeah. and it was the main problem that grocers face around the world, right? Our pick rate is at 99%, okay? So what we do is, is we find ways um, and on our app, when you experience the shopping journey there, you avoid, we avoid after sales uh, communication with our clients. We never come out to them, we rarely do come out to them and tell them, listen, this is missing. We're, we want to replace that with that. We don't want to do that. We want to make sure that once you check out, you, we don't communicate with you until we actually deliver the product to yeah. you. And in order for you to do that, we you need to make sure that your, your automation and, and products that you have are properly displayed on okay. your app. So that real-time uh, data is moving very seamlessly uh, there and that avoids any out of stock issues.
2: Wow, so maybe you know what I see let's say in the western world everyone saying that automation solves critical uh grocers online problems, you know like you kind of living it and you can confirm that this is even here.
0: True. Sure. But in um uh, we we've, uh, we've interviewed a couple of like grocers uh here in the region but I've never heard so far from an, from an um, auto store warehouse here in the region. That must be like in GCC, the only one doing this in grocery, right?
1: Yes, we're, we're the first. Auto store is a complex system, so uh, it's, be, it's being used in various industries. The way that we position ourselves when we come and sell our automation is that today we're a partner that is trying to bridge the gap between robotics providers and industry leaders and businesses. Because we understand that there, this topic is a very complex topic that has uh, probably a requirement of you investing uh, you know, top dollars on, on actually best systems out there, we try to minimize that uh, gap. And I've personally I've met a lot of uh, businesses here who actually invested in automation and once they sign with a uh, robotics provider, they take a couple of years and to actually go live, and they face difficulties in going live. So there's a lot of integration that happens, and, and we understand that it's also difficult to actually integrate uh, automation with your current legacy systems and making sure yeah. that everything works smoothly and so on. And so we, essentially, what we try to do is that bridge that gap. We talk and speak the same language that retailers and industry leaders do, and we also understand robotics.
0: But how many customers can you serve with a warehouse that's only 400 square meters?
1: So the, the warehouse is larger. And what i are talking about is the automation part. The automation is is 400 square. Meters. The warehouse is on 4,000 square meters. But uh, uh, but how, and how many Kuwaitis can you serve with that? So we serve the entire Kuwait from that warehouse. Uh, we do it on express. Delivery and scheduled delivery. So our express is around two hours, and scheduled you can schedule from here to up to seven days.
0: And and how many customers are using it already?
1: Recently, we've uh, locked in around fifty thousand customers in a matter of let's say a year.
0: That that's impressive. And and those fifty thousand customers represent most likely fifty thousand households, where like one person is doing like the order for a household. So there's like more people uh, behind it, I guess. Correct. So what is like the average uh, household in Kuwait? It's like good families or small families living in one home. So it's it's, it's usually larger households that
1: is obviously also transforming into smaller households. But um, I mean, a few years ago it was around closer to the four, uh, so four per household, which is is a big number to connect And
0: do people like buy their weekly purchase on your platform, or do they like their daily needs?
1: No, we 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 focus on more of the thoughtful purchases so which require you to actually go through entire departments and look at what you need and so on. And usually what happens is it's on a weekly basis. Um, so we tend to have customers. So it's, so it's definitely above like $100 per purchase. So yes, it's uh, it's not above 100 but it's closer to the $80. Uh, ah, okay. And then do you charge a delivery fee? We do. Uh, we, we charge on Express and Scheduled. Uh, but our delivery fees are uh, lower than the market rates. Um, so, so and
0: are you dropping the delivery fees when the customer is ordering more than let's say two hundred dollars or so?
1: Yeah, yes. Um, once they hit the sixty dollars, we we offer the delivery fee for free.
0: And uh, we just had like the Deuce podcast here, and uh, well, I've learned that like even on like fast deliveries, it's possible to do a profitable business because you still have um, enough people that are willing to do low income jobs. So there's obviously a problem in more. Developed uh, uh, countries where you don't have like the um, the low um, the low job labor um, anymore because of minimum uh, minimum um, salaries. How is it in Kuwait? So like, do you find enough people to do this?
1: Um, I mean, if I were to talk about my business, uh, as I said, you don't need that many people to actually operate automation. But but the riders? the riders are definitely. Uh, then as you grow you, you add to your last mile but an issue there is not it's not the rider issue it's, it's it's not the last mile as much as the the picking issue right i mean you're you're talking about q commerce q commerce is facing pressure when it comes to picking because you have one picker who's picking from one order and driver yeah. that's taking that for delivering yeah. that or so so basically essentially what you're saying is that your cpo is just growing as fast as you are growing uh so it, it is a challenge um I, I i do see some of the uh aggregators out there like uh marta's along that are uh trying to um build their way towards serving uh cucumbers. and in, in some cases i've seen it uh moving into the right direction well, interesting. And others, it was. It's a bit difficult. Yeah.
0: But w- when you have this warehouse now, and you have the processes, and you have obviously a lot of like grocery ex- experience, I-, I guess that's going to be very hard, like for competitors, like entering um, um, the market. Um, how long do you? So we are always discussing this kind of um, yeah consumer behavior shift in 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 other markets. Um, and forty thousand households in Kuwait is. Um, yeah, it's all already like on the percentage side measurable, uh, but it's like far away from like full full scale. So how long will it take for you like to get like ten percent of all the Family League ordering online? Is it, is it like more like a behavior thing that people still want to go to the retail store and they want to talk with the butcher and want to show how, how to cut it? Or is it rather a resource bottleneck you face?
1: I believe that brick and mortar will always exist. Okay, I'm so a believer that brick and mortar will exist, but we will uh, coexist with that. And the reason is that today the the household is transforming, right? Um, so you have today the older households, today are, uh, their kids are growing up, they're getting married, they're living in a different uh, environment as well. So whoever used to live in big houses, there is living in apartments and that changes the even the purchasing habits. So you see, you tend to see people buy big, Bulk items uh, through online and go shopping for their fresh, sometimes to the brick and mortar. Okay, so it's not one gets all type of market, right? So we've seen that a lot of people uh, enjoy buying online because they've they, they start getting accustomed to it, you know, they, they get used to it and they enjoy it. And if, if you're getting the right price and you're getting the right quality, uh, why not actually just continue grocery shopping? does take time from you. So it's not an easy task and you have to do it probably on a weekly basis. And if you have a solution that is offered to you that is makes that more seamless and easy to do,
0: then why not actually use it? What is your gross bottleneck? So if you could like solve one bottleneck in your business, what is it? Is it marketing funding? Is it uh, warehouse uh, capacity, rider uh, hiring? So if I were to talk about our SaaS,
1: which is what we're currently as a company look uh, focused on, we want to offer this solution to other companies, right? So we we want to enable uh, retailers to actually be able to impl- implement automation.
0: And w- what does it include? the SaaS solution? What do you what do you ship with this solution?
1: So with the solution, you get um, a full backend, uh, front end, a WMS, uh, a, a last mile solution, and a Sales channel. Gen- you know, we could either link to your sales channel or offer you our app. So you're competing Sorry. a bit with um, Okado from UK. Uh, essentially, yes, you could uh, you could say that. However, GCC Okado. Uh, yes, GCC Okado. The way we do it is a bit different. We don't go and try to implement a full centralized fulfillment center and and, and tell you the, that. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah, that's part of the uh, Okado promise. Yes, the yeah. mm-hmm.
1: um, we believe that in order for you to buy into automation, you need to ensure that you have a plan to get your re- return on that investment, right? Yeah. And that allows us to actually offer to our clients uh, a a lighter approach to automation. So we offer them a market fulfillment center approach uh, so you don't need to go spend big money on, on, on centralized fulfillment centers because it might make sense in other markets, but I believe in this region, it really doesn't uh, fit our... Right. And this,
0: but this service you will focus on like other countries in GCC because you don't want to have like a competitor on your own in Kuwait, I guess.
1: Because I've been into groceries, I know that it you will never find a, a grocer that's gonna take the entire market, right? It let's we all have our market chain. and we try to even uh, strive to actually grow that. But I'd love to actually be able to enable others. Okay, even if they were to compete with me, but I would love to actually enable them because that actually grows that online penetration that we're talking about, right? You obviously shop groceries, I believe so, if you shop groceries at home, you would understand that sometimes you buy online, sometimes brick break and mortar. Like, there's sometimes.
0: no online options at my oh, really? region. No, <laughs> there's, there's not. Like, it, Believe me, I'm working <laughs> since years, even on a podcast site, convincing people that doing this, uh, but it's like there's no option. We should come there, I guess. Yeah, you should yeah. definitely come there. Yeah.
1: Um, and the other thing is that today, so we try to convince them with automation. And the way to, that we do that is we offer them Rust. So we offer them robotics as a service. And uh, the way that is done is that we can we come, we look at your data, we look at your uh, sales historical data, and we come and tell you what's the best automation solution that fits your business. So we don't try to upsell our own solution. No, we try to find what best fits your your business. Um, and once that's done, we actually can offer you a lease to own type of model. So you don't actually have to buy everything uh, that gets good You can uh, purchase part of it, and then we can lease the robots. A certain amount of period, or term, and uh, you would own it at the end of the day, term.
0: Ah, interesting, interesting. That's mm-hmm. ah, it's definitely a smart proposition to 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 do that. I mean, it's very yeah. It's a a strong long-term vision, I I have to say. Are you able to sell already retail media within your business? Because like with 40,000 households uh, you're serving, that must be an interesting proposition to, I don't know, Coca-Cola or other brands say, okay, uh, please give me, Saleh, give give me like the um, opportunity to promote to all Pepsi uh, consumers a new Coca-Cola proposition. Here, take my money.
1: Definitely, um, and in order for you to do that, um, we were we are big believers in content creation, all right? um, and the way we we uh, we drive that is through our app. Uh, we have a feature, for example, of recipes on our app. Okay, so that recipe feature or product on the, on the app allows customers to come in, look at certain recipes, uh, whether it's uh, health-driven recipes or healthy-driven recipes or a local traditional recipes, whatever it is, and able be to, able to actually add products right there for their either lunch or dinner or whatever it is. Uh, and that's where we start connecting s- suppliers or distributors and their products with with the client Um, these recipes are done in-house and that's how we start creating content and interacting with our customer base so we actually do stuff where we we create a recipe and then we shoot it out to our uh, um, our customers and our social media followers and we we ask him to do the same recipe at home and see how we, how each one has his own version of two of it and so on and that really interests fmcg companies and so on to actually come in and say you know what i want to do a um, do a taco box for me and and a recipe and sell it on. um and actually we're launching um We just launched today uh, a product with uh, General Mills on their old pasta with with tortillas. So we did the taco box and we're launching it. So this is just one one example of how we interact with the FMCG companies and try to interact with our customers and uh, create that uh, sort of interaction that um, basically allows us to be more of just
0: buying and selling and being more um, connected to our customers. So um, we had like with almost every guest here the talent discussion, and it's um, it's hard to get talent in Dubai. Also, it's like a very expense driven uh, thriving market. It's even super hard like to get talent in Jeddah or Riyadh. Kuwait is even more exotic uh, for many people to to mo- move there. How do you do that? Because you have an app where people can o- where people can order. So you need like UX design, commerce uh, functions, online marketing. So how is it?
1: It's difficult. It's difficult. Um, but we're, we were lucky to actually sit, have the startup team of uh, come in. Um, they come in from various backgrounds, from Delivery Hero, from Amazon, and other places. And. Uh, bringing that team together was difficult uh, at first uh, maintaining it is another question as well um and making sure your your team enjoys uh, coming to to work and, 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 and we do also work with uh, I, I mean most of our engineers are in-house engineers but they are allowed to work remotely um so that mm-hmm. solves some of that challenge um, but it's specifically why we came out with that ras and sas solution it's because a lot of these companies, even in ah. in Riyadh and you um, know in Saudi Arabia or in Hawaii and so on, face the difficult of getting talent in house that would understand robotics. So your reliance on and your decision making is completely set on whatever the suppliers send you.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So so if you don't have that in house uh, talent, your decision making process will be difficult, and uh, and that's why we believe you know, we try to bridge that gap from that end.
0: Super nice. It's a super interesting proposition. Very uh, impressive uh, business with like two gross verticals, your own core business and like the zas uh, uh, service. Definitely will follow up on you um, um, on this. And uh, thank you for explaining us your business here.
1: Thank you Alex for having me and uh, hopefully we'll welcome you in Kuwait and we'll able to see Now is our third
0: guest from, uh, from, from for Commerce I Talks definitely a reason you. to go there Thank you <laughs>